when I went to college, me and my friends went to different colleges, a lot of us, but for the summer, we would come back to a small town, South Dakota, and we'd all kind of work at the same manufacturing plant. And it was, it was not fun work. It was like grunt labor. But there was one summer where I lucked out, and I got like a dream job there at the plant. I don't know how I got it. Maybe God's hand was just on me. I don't know. But I, had, I was selected to be the person that would oversee like this, this robotic arm that would weld. So while my other friends were doing their own welding, their own drilling, their own cutting steel, I got to just kind of sit there and watch this thing do its thing and just make sure it does it. It was, it was awesome, but I'll never forget the first week was basically training. And I thought to myself, how hard can it be? It's just this arm that welds. I mean, so I really didn't listen to what the person was telling me. And that proved to be a mistake. Uh, and you'll, you'll see that. Because when it came time for me to actually run the thing, and I was programming this thing, and it was a big, huge uh, arm that came down. It was not small. And I remember when I hit start on it, and it started to kind of move around. I thought, oh, cool, it's working. And then all of a sudden, I turned, and it cocked me right in the head and knocked me to the ground. So you already know this. If you get hurt... Like, but you embarrass yourself at the same time. What's the most important thing? Like, it's not, are you okay? It's, did anybody see it, right? You don't want no one to see it. And I remember it hurt so bad, and I got up, and no one saw it by, by God's grace. So I was grateful for that, but it was, I, I was, it like nailed me. And that wasn't even the worst of the story. A couple days later, part of the training that I, that I listened to but didn't listen to also was that when the arm is welding, you kind of got to spot check it you got to make sure that it's welding where it's supposed to weld and it's on, on track. And to do that, you kind of got to look at the weld while it's going. Now, if you know anything about welding, you don't look at a weld without a helmet on because it's like staring into the sun. And kids, you shouldn't do that. So you don't stare into the sun. You don't stare into a weld. But again, I thought, what's the big deal? I'm only spot checking. I'm just glancing and looking away to make sure it's on, on the right beat or whatever. So I, I just checked it periodically for a second. But those seconds, you do that 100 times, and it turns out that that does something to your eyes. Like, I've never taken gravel and shoved it into my eyeballs. I don't know if you've done that. You shouldn't. But I have to imagine it would feel something like I felt that evening. You guys, I actually burnt my eyeballs. Like, you, hopefully you can't say that. I burnt my eyeballs by looking at the weld, and it literally felt like I had gravel inside of my eyes. It was, it was not good. So... <laughs> Why do I share all this? Well, number one, uh, I was not prepared for the job that they had given me. They tried to train me. I really didn't listen. I wasn't ready. And, and guess what job wasn't waiting for me after I got done with two days of a cold compress on my eyes? That robot job was not waiting for me when I got back. They had me at another job that wasn't near as fun. So I share this to tell you that there, there's a reason why many people aren't experiencing a move of God in their lives. Many aren't. There's a reason why many people, even in this new year, will, will declare, you know, it's going to be a better year. It's going to be a different year. But the reality is that year is going to be like every other year. Why? Because they're not prepared for what God has. Because they're not prepared. You, you, we want something better. We want something different. But we haven't prepared for something better. We haven't prepared for something different. And what you can learn from my little welding ex, uh, expedition is that God's not going to give you something. God's not going to give you, even though, even though that's part of the plan to give it to you, he's not going to do it if you're not ready for it. Because ultimately, it will hurt you. 
me not being prepared for that welding position that they gave me with that robot hurt me multiple times. And people wonder, why isn't God showing up? Why isn't God? God's got an incredible plan for your life. Make no mistake. But if we're not prepared to accept the plan and, and, and actually run with it, it won't happen. This is, what, this is what so many people miss. My question for you is this. Are you prepared for what God has for you? Are you prepared? Because before God will do what only he can do, he does expect us to do what we can do. Right? He does expect us. I'm training you. I'm preparing you. You need to do this. And so many of us, we just want God to show up and do it. And God says, I'll do it, but you need to do your part. So if we're to look to somebody in the Bible, if we want to know, God, how do we prepare? How do you want us to prepare for, let's say, our purpose or our journey or this year? There's a person we could look to in the Bible. You could probably guess who it is. He's the answer to every, every biblical question. What's his name? No, Felicity, it's Jesus. Where are you at? But Matthew's good, though. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they'd be right after Jesus. So Jesus is always the answer. Now you know, right? Now you know. So Jesus prepared for a journey. He prepared for his purpose, and he did specific things that you and I should be doing as well. We're going to look at those in the Word of God today. And I'm going to preach to you out of Matthew. So you were, you, were on, you were tracking. I'm preaching to you out of Matthew because he recorded the story. Matthew 3 is where we're going to be. If you brought your Bible or your mobile app, I love when you go there. The Word of God is your love letter, God's love letter to you. We'll put it up on the screen as well. But man, personalize this. It's for you. This is how Jesus prepared for his journey. We haven't seen or heard from Jesus since he was 12 years old. He is now 30 years old, and he comes on the scene. This is what happens. Verse 13. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk Jesus out of it. John said, I'm the one who needs to get baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? It's like John is saying, Jesus you're Jesus, like you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God, you don't need, you, you know, I need it. But Jesus says to John, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John did agree to baptize, baptize Jesus. After Jesus was baptized, verse 16, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw a spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Can you just picture this scene? And then a voice from heaven. This is the voice of God speaking. I'm going to guess it sounded either like Darth Vader or Morgan Freeman. I don't know which. But the voice said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. How did Jesus prepare First thing Jesus did to prepare is he was baptized. It's the first thing he did. What's interesting is baptism, just a little quick teaching. Baptism is something that you do after you've accepted Jesus. After you've surrendered your life to Jesus. You've said, I believe in Jesus. He's the son of God. He's the savior of the world. He can take away my sins. He can forgive me. When you acknowledge that and you believe that and you repent, that just means you want to go a different direction. You, it saves you. You'll hear more about that later. But after, that, after that's done, you're baptized. Well, Jesus isn't a repentant sinner. Right? Jesus never sinned. So why is, even John, question, remember what John said? John said, he, John tried to talk him out of it. That's what we just read. 
I'm the one who needs to get baptized. That's what John told him. John's thinking, Jesus, you're off base. It's like, you need to baptize me. No, you need to baptize. It's like, it's like we're, you're in a new relationship. And it's like, you remember how you're first in that puppy love? That's what they're having this conversation. It's like, I love you. No, 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 I love you. No, 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 I love you more. No, I love you most. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you, remember, remember that? Then, then once you're married for 10 years, it's different. You know, phone rings. She's like, oh, now what? You know, so things change. But I never think that when you call Jody ever. But other people might think that. You hang up. No, you. So they're having this back and forth. And finally, John agrees to baptize Jesus. But it's so interesting. Why was Jesus baptized if he doesn't, if it's not, he was already saved. He's Jesus. He saves. I'll tell you, there's a couple reasons. Number one is, well, let's read the scripture, verse 15. Jesus said, this is why he got baptized. It should be done. We must, say must. We must carry out all that God requires. So Jesus, in a sense, just told you that baptism is required by God. Now, now don't, don't misinterpret or take out of context like baptism is part of salvation. You are saved by the grace of God through your faith and faith alone. So there, baptism, you're, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. But according to Jesus, it's a pretty big deal that you are baptized. There's something to it that, that Jesus is showing us what we need to do. Jesus is showing us this is the will of God. Jesus is teaching us. I don't know if I put it in the note. Yeah, he teaches us to do what is right. This is the right thing to do is to be baptized. And the second thing that Jesus is showing us is the fact that this is a, a, a symbol of what is to come, a picture. Jesus um, going down in the Jordan River and then coming up, Je symbolizing Jesus would be dying and then rising. Not only Jesus, but symbolizing that you in Christ, you'll still die this side of heaven, but you will rise again. You will be brought back to life again. That's why the scripture that we tied to, to baptism so many times is 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is a great one to tie to it. This means that anyone, I love that word anyone, it's so everyone, who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. I wonder, is anybody in this place grateful that Jesus makes all things new? No matter how bad you've been, no matter how broken you are, no matter how desperate you are, no matter how dead you are, Jesus wants to do a new thing in you. He just wants to know if you're prepared for it because he doesn't want to hurt you. So we need to prepare. Are we prepared for what God has for us? Baptism is a huge piece of preparing so let's park there for two more minutes. The next baptisms at Meadows Church will be February 18th. So that's in a few weeks. We baptize right during the services, and we send people questions beforehand to make sure you're prepared for what you're saying yes to or what you're going to declare. Um, but we're speaking very much to a Midwestern culture. That's who we are. And many of you, or, or many of your parents or grandparents, were raised Lutheran or Catholic, and I have, I'll never, I was raised Catholic, and that's where I got my foundation for Christ. So I, I'm grateful for that. But, but and, and I was baptized as a baby, like many of you were. This is my commitment to you as a pastor. I will, I will preach to you out of the word of God, week in and week out. 
I, I, will, I will be relentless about showing you truth, even if it, it will challenge you. Not even if, it will challenge you. There's just, and I'm not saying anybody else, I'm not talking talk about any other denomination, I'm just talking about the word of God. Every baptism, including Christ himself, is somebody old enough to make the decision for themselves. Every baptism is. So that's why I and my daughter Ava, when she was seven, we got baptized together. She was old enough. She could, do, she could explain why she was getting baptized. We got baptized together years ago. And you might say, why do you do that, Monty? You got baptized as a baby. Because the, the baby baptism wasn't my decision. Okay, that's why. And I, and, and I don't see any baby baptisms in the Bible. Again, I'm not trying to diss on any other denominations that they they're discerning what they what they interpret to me it's it's so simple jesus was baptized at 30 okay not at three days or three weeks so i say that very openly because there's many of you that were baptized as a baby and that's the reason that you haven't been baptized as a, someone old enough to to do that i'm telling you if that's you this is your next step if you if you've surrendered your life to christ um, this is your next step. And, uh, and the, other, the other part I'll say is this. Some of you have got, gone off the rails or you've never been on the rails. You, you've, you've given your life to Christ. You've believed in Jesus, but you're not living for him. And that was me pretty much all my life, so I'm not judging you, trust me. I'm, and maybe you got baptized and it was, it was something other people were doing or you did it because it was supposed to do it, but you weren't in it. You, you know it didn't, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't here. And for you, this is your next step. Is to, is to get baptized because you're ready, because you're repentant, because you want a new life, because you're preparing for something new that God has for you. So I don't know who I'm preaching to, but all I know is this. February 18th, we're baptizing people. And, and, and if you have questions, even if you have questions and you don't know if it's going to be you, I want you to write baptism on the connect card, the green cards. Just write baptism in your name, and we'll reach out to you, and we'll talk about it. Or, or if you're watching online, type baptism in the comments. Right Or email us at hello at meadows. I don't care how you do it. Tell us, and we will connect with you. This is huge. Jesus didn't have to do it. He just said, I must do it, because that's what the Father wants. You want what the Father wants, I promise you. It's part of your preparation as well. So, it didn't stop the baptism. That's actually where it started. Jesus is baptized. Jesus comes up out of the water, and we get right into the next chapter of Felicity, Matthew. Matthew 4, chapter 1. Listen to this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit mm, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Thank you, Matthew. Captain Obvious. He became hungry after, <laughs> I would assume, but... 40 days and 40 nights without food will make you hungry, and it will make you weak, it will make you vulnerable, and that's exactly what the devil was relying on. Jesus prepared for his purpose by getting baptized. Jesus prepared for his purpose by then going out to the desert and fasting. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and in this, in this series, Fast Forward Faith, we're learning that prayer connects us, attaches us to God. We're also learning that that fasting detaches us from the world and that's so good because when you detach from the world it centers you on God and when you center yourself on God you're preparing for what he has for you that's what you're doing this is why it's so important that Jesus is modeling Jesus isn't just doing this to do it he knows he's teaching you and me what to do 
how to, how, to, how to seek God. So if you're new or maybe um, you just haven't engaged in the prayer and fasting yet, we, uh, we started it last Sunday, and it's for 21 days. There's a plan, a little button on our website. Just click on the plan. It says 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it'll tell you what we're doing corporately as a church as we pray and fast. Now, you can follow that plan, or you can modify and do your own. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, do something different than what you've normally done. Because if you don't do anything different, you're probably not preparing for something different. So, so... Let's do this corporately together. As you pray and fast, we have plans on that button. We got, we got uh, tips and all kinds of a calendar you can follow every day with scripture and prayer. Do that. That is, that is part of preparing for your purpose. Are you prepared for what God wants to do in you and through you? Because think about this. That is, we're talking about your purpose. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about a kingdom impact. And we prepare for everything else that isn't a kingdom impact, that is temporal, don't we? We prepare, how are we going to raise our kids? How are we going to handle finances, right? Where are we going to go eat? Or if we're fasting, where do we wish we could go eat, right? Where are we going on vacation? We plan for all these things. Though the vacation piece, I don't get to plan for anymore, do I, Jody? Because I messed it up. Two years ago, when I was in charge of family vacation, I thought it'd be fun to go 15 minutes away to a, <laughs> to a state park because we could just kind of pretend like we're in another country, but we're close to home. Save on traveling charges. I know, it's sad. I'm cheap, so pray for me. But So I don't get to plan vacations anymore. And, and honestly, that vacation would have been good, by the way, I, I couldn't predict it was going to be 117 degrees every day. I didn't know that. And by day three, I, I thought to myself, this was not a good idea. I mean, we had a cabin with air conditioning, and that was great. But it had other occupants in the cabin. Like, there were two spiders probably the size of my head in there. I'm like, this ain't I, Now I want to go home. So, so I don't, Monty doesn't get a planned uh, family vacation anymore, speaking of preparation. So Jody and my daughter Ava are doing it this year, just so you know. And, and the Gannons have never been together out of the country. So that's what we're planning is to go out of the country. Ava's graduating high school, my, my senior daughter. And uh, so they get to plan it, and I have nothing to say about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't deserve it. I, I, you're right. I screwed it up. So I found out they're planning to go to the Dominican Republic. So I, but I wanted to get online and see, um, learn about it a little bit because I know nothing about it. So I get onto this travel page for the Dominican Republic, first of all, to find out where the heck is. I mean, I'm not, geography has never been my thing. So I'm like, all right, where is it at? And number two, what do you do there? So I kid you not, I pull up the page on the, the travel page for the Dominican Republic, and here's what it said. Traveling to the Dominican, danger level three. I'm like... That don't sound right, Aiden. I thought, what? Danger level? So I read, literally, this is what it said. I got to find, I put it right down just the way I saw. Danger level three due to violent crime, armed robberies, and homicide. Travel with high caution. Okay, maybe Mahoney State Park wasn't a dream vacation, but here's what I know. No one was getting murdered, okay? Oh my gosh. I'm putting my will together. If you know a good lawyer, just talk to me. So, I'm like, but we prepare for all these things that at the end of the day, they're, they're fun in the moment, but they make no eternal impact. Why would we not prepare for our purpose? If God, see, God wants to take you to new levels. I believe that. We see it all over scripture, but you have to prepare for the climb. 
You have to prepare for the, the next level. And you also need to know, and you maybe have heard this before, but new levels, yeah. New levels bring new devils. New levels bring new devils. Who was waiting for Jesus in the garden? The enemy. The enemy would wait for Jesus to tempt him. During your preparation, you're going to face opposition. You're going to face temptation from the enemy. You need to know this. You are going to face it. And your ability to fight the devil is only as strong as your relationship with God. I'll say it again. Your ability to fight the enemy is only as strong as your relationship with God. As you pray, as you fast, you strengthen your tie to God. You strengthen your connection to God. But make no mistake, the enemy is going to target you deliberately, especially when you're on the cusp of something big, of something new. Don't miss this. A new ministry, a, a new endeavor, a new opportunity, a new relationship, a new business, a, a new uh, well, you could fill in the blank. Whatever's new, the, anything that's going to ultimately honor and glorify God, the enemy is going to show up. We should not be shocked. It's so crazy. I start thinking about the, 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 the timeline of Meadows Church launching six years ago. Actually, so we were on a vacation in Colorado uh, six years ago, a few months before we launched the church. And for that vacation, I don't know who planned that, but you're supposed to hike up a hill and then just hike down. I'm like, I don't even get it. I don't understand. So big hills, big ones. So, but we hiked up this huge hill in Colorado, and we hiked down, and it did something to my back. It, it messed it up. So I remember I was bending over after we hiked to grab a bag of ice, and it was over. My lower back, it was done. It was so bad, I was like in traction. I was like, I could only walk like this with my hands on my knees for over a day. It was that bad. And I thought, my, it, was, it was miserable. And, and that was right before we launched the church. It's interesting. A couple years after that, the church is thriving and growing. Dream teams, those are our volunteer groups, are growing and thriving. And we're wanting to value our dream teams. So we, 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 we arranged this event at Valis Pumpkin Patch to value them. And I remember, the enemy hates when you, when you value anybody for doing anything in the church. Hates it. That's something new. That's something different. That's something beautiful, and he'll come after all of that. I'm walking up to Vallas for the event, and I sneeze. And I, I can sneeze kind of loud. Like, this one even scared myself. So I sneezed, and uh, all of a sudden, in my right eye, you know how you see the floaties, the little floaties? There's floaties everywhere, but they weren't clear if they were, they were black. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I've seen a lot of things, you know, but I, this is something, you know, this is from that welding that I did that time. Anyway, so I'm like, something is wrong. So I'm walking, it didn't hurt, but they were everywhere. And I get there and I talk to Bethany. Bethany's so amazing. She oversees kids and purpose groups. She, she's incredible, but I found out the one thing she might lack is compassion. Because I said, Bethany, I said, something is not right with my eye right here. And she, she looks at it, she goes, it looks fine. She goes, you're fine. I'm like, what? <laughs> she walks away, I'm like, I don't know if I am. I really don't. So I wasn't fine. I tore my retina and had to get surgery, emergency surgery that day. Bethany, I love you, but what's wrong with you? So, um, so that happens. And then most of you, if, if you know this story, 
Fast forward a few more years, the church is just building and growing and lives are, now we're planting churches in Bennington and planning to plant a church soon in Bellevue and, and we're doing all these things for the kingdom. And a year and a half ago, I'm driving home from my purpose group. Those are our discipleship groups uh, in the church. I'm driving home and like that, my hearing is gone in my right ear. I go from 100% hearing in my ear to zero in my right ear. Still deaf in my right ear today. And I'm like, I, I don't know, God. We got the back. We got the eye. We got the ear. It, 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 in the next five years, I may just internally combust. I don't know what's going to happen. That's if I make it back from the Dominican alive. So you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying. I, uh, it's nuts. But I, we shouldn't be shocked. Read, read Paul. Paul was a pretty devout follower of Jesus. The word of God will show you that he was beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, whipped, all these things. Why? God was preparing for Paul to, to start a church planting network that would spread across the world. That's why. That's why you're going to face opposition. Look up here. Some of you are in the middle of it right now. Some of you are in the middle of something going on in your life. It might be physical, like I just talked about. It might be emotional. It could be relational. Or in your family, or in your marriage, or maybe you're not married, and that's the problem. But you're going through, you're going through a hard time. I, I just need to encourage you. I just need to tell you that if you're facing the opposition, you're facing the temptation, gosh, it might indicate that God's at work. It might indicate preparation is happening. And I want to encourage you. Don't give up in that moment. Keep praying. Know that God is preparing you. Keep fasting and seeking him. Know that he is refining you. Know that he is changing you. Know that he is leading you. Believe that he is guiding you to all that he has for you because he is. He's moving. And the enemy wants you to give up and give in. You're in church today with a faith family Enemy hates that. I love it. God loves it. You're seeking the Lord today. Enemy hates it. Good. God loves it. So here's what we're going to do. I want to... I'm going to give you opportunities to grow closer to Jesus. I've already talked about them, but I'll hit, hit them one more time. Join us in prayer and fasting for the next 14 days. If you haven't done it last week, you can start today. Something I know about you, even if I've never met you, is if you're here, you, chances are you want to get closer to God in some capacity. No one's ever grown closer to Jesus by accident. Ever. It won't happen. In fact, what happens by accident is the opposite. I want to give you opportunities. Some of you, baptism is your next step. Have you sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ? If you have, this is your next step. Write baptism on the card. Type baptism in the comments. We will, we will contact you. One more thing's not even in my notes, but, but because I was an addict and the Lord set me free, Life Recovery, our recovery ministry is starting this week, Thursday, February 1st. If you don't, if you don't think the devil's mad at that, oh, man. And why is it called life recovery? Because it's not just drugs or alcohol. It's codependency. It's anger. It's past abuse. It's trauma. It's regret. It's resentment. It's unforgiveness. If any of those apply, this ministry is for you. 
happens here. Cards are on the table out there. Take them. We're going to worship a song that was released by Meadows Church Music. I'm so proud of this team. They are amazing. They are amazing because the work that goes behind the scenes of what they've done, every Monday night writing, every Monday night writing, every Thursday night rehearsing, every Sunday doing, I mean, it's just nonstop. But they do it for the Lord. They want to see him glorified any way and every way that we can see possible. So maybe, not maybe, you need the Lord today to show up in areas of your life. I already know that. So we're going to worship with a song that they released called I Need You. And I need you, I would love you to sing along. I would love you to worship the Lord and know that as you cry out to God saying, God, I need you, know that he's right there with you. Let's praise and worship. the biggest kicker in this message for me is when Jesus got baptized. Did you catch it? 
if we have that scripture, you can put it up. The baptism of Jesus, it says after Jesus' baptism, he came up out of the water, the heavens opened up, he saw a spirit of God descending like a dove settling on him. A voice from heaven. It's God, the Father speaking. This is what gets me. It's this part. Why? This isn't the end of Jesus' ministry. This is the beginning. Jesus hasn't healed anybody that we know of. Hasn't walked on any water. Hasn't changed any water to wine. Hasn't fed people with a, a happy meal. Hadn't done nothing. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. You mean, God, this is your dearly loved son who's going to the cross, saving mankind. No, he left that part out. Jesus has done nothing really special that we know of. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Not because of what Jesus is going to do. Not because of the way that he teaches or the way that he loves or the way that he leads. You just bring me great joy. I think one of the reasons it hit me so hard this week is... All right, I'm going to open up a little bit here. Like you, I've got goals for the new year and I want to make things better and something that I, as the song talks about, want and go after is really wanting to be a better dad, lift my kids up. They do so many good things right and, and this week this happens. Ava, my, my 18-year-old daughter, is uh, looking for, wondering what she's going to do for a living, her career after high school. She's doing some job shadows at different locations to determine what that might be. She has a job shadow on Tuesday in Lincoln, Nebraska, and, and Ava's awesome. Incredible grades, hard worker, um, respectful, kind, serves in the church week in and week out, loves people. Room can be kind of messy. But anyway, I'm just going to, you know, it's good. But the one thing I get on Ava about is being late. And I said, Ava, you can't be late. you got to stop being late. And I can hound, this is, this is my shortcoming, I can hound on that. I mean, there's all these great things. And I all mention those once in a while because they're, they're just, she's always done them. They're just there. But this, I'm like, you can't be late. And I said, Ava, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. Lincoln's not just next door. You gotta get, you gotta go. And I'm on her, and she's kind of lollygagging, and I get upset, and I'm like, you gotta go. And she goes, she finally gets out the door. Seven minutes later, she calls me. Dad? Yes? W what's the address? And I'm like, I I'm like, you're kidding me. This has been planned for like a month. And, and so I'm, as she's asking, I'm on, on the computer. I can't even find the emails, I can't find it. And, and that's making me more, more frustrated. I'm like, Ava, how don't you know the address where you're going to? Why wouldn't you have looked this up last night or the night before or the night before? Why are we doing this right now? And she knows when my voice, when it's getting elevated, it gets her flustered. She's probably heard it more than I would care to share with you. And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't. And I'm like, 
I said, Ava, I don't know. I'm looking for it. I can't find it either. This should have been done. And she finally says, okay, Dad, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll find it. I said, okay, good. And we hang up. Father of the year, right? Man. I wonder how scared she was to even make the phone call to me. That's what I think about now. I didn't hear from her the rest of the day. I knew she was home because the shadow was over, so I reached out, and she was at work now. Went straight there to work. Man, I didn't grab my phone, but I can tell you what it basically said. I texted her because I knew she was at work, and I said, Ava, I didn't mean to come across the way that I did. I said, I just believe so much in you, and I think you can, you can overcome. And I'm still bringing up the lateness. I said, you can overcome that. You can, and I'm just trying to help with that. But I said, I, I also want to focus on building you up more. You do so many things. And I said, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You said all the things that I think, but sometimes don't say. And what she said, oh, this is where I wish I had my phone, but. She responded and she said, Dad, I appreciate you reaching out. She said, I need, I need your encouragement. She goes, and here's what got me. She said, those words coming from you, Dad. I need to hear those more. They mean so much. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Not because he's always on time. Not because he's so good and so great and so majestic. He's just my son. She showed me grace that day. She ended it by saying, Dad, I love you. And I knew she did, but hearing it is good for me, just like she appreciates it. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you carry. I don't know what your shortcomings are. Maybe you have some like me. Maybe, maybe you got life figured out. I don't know. I don't. That's why God sent Jesus, by the way. He was preparing for you. The baptism for you. The fasting and the preparation for 40 days and 40 nights for you. The, 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 the plight to the cross for you. The death on the cross for you. I don't deserve that. I know. I don't either. I don't get it. It's the grace of God. It's like, God, I love you so much. You're so bad. You've done such bad things, but I can't help but bestow grace upon you. Will you receive it? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That God would send Jesus to die and take your place because you deserve death and hell and so do I because the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. So Jesus dies on the cross. He rises from the dead showing you the baptism wasn't just a symbol. It happened. What was dead is now alive. This is what God wants to do in your life. That he wants to resurrect something dead inside of you. And for some of you, it's your soul. We got to quit thinking we need to earn the salvation. We need to, we need to be good enough. I got to be on time. Right, Ava? I got to do these things. And that's what I've been guilty of doing in my life. In my family sometimes. You don't have to earn anything. But you do need to receive it by the grace of God. Like the, song, like the song says, no more striving. No more striving. No more wanting. Receive the grace of God. And here's what I can tell you. As we sing, no more striving, no more wanting. No 
He wants to make you complete. Today, not tomorrow, today is the day He has made. No more striving. And here's what I can tell you about when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're no longer defined by what you've done wrong. You are defined by everything that Christ has done right. He did everything right. And when you receive Him by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And I came to tell somebody this. You will never know who you were created to be until Christ lives in you. Ever. Ever. So no matter how much you, how, no matter how messed up you are, no matter how much striving you do, how much wanting you do, today is the day that you can give it up and you can look up and you can know that God will show up because greater is He that is in you than anything in this. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, but don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.